Shalom, and welcome to Parashah Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Avram Fisher. This week's parasha is Vayeshev. The, uh, the Torah has uh, finished off talking about Esav. Uh, we learned about his descendants and uh, where he settled and so on. That's, as it were, out of the way. And now the Torah can focus exclusively on Yaakov and his family. And Yaakov has had a very uh, long and arduous life, uh, having to deal with Esav and with Lavan. And so now he uh, expects, uh, one would think that the rest of his life is going to be uh, a life of ease, but it is, this is not to be. The the first part of the parasha is about Yosef and his brothers. Yaakov settles in Canaan, the same land that his predecessors, Abraham and Yitzhak, had merely dwelled in uh, temporarily. Uh, Yaakov thinks that he is going to, uh, to, to settle there. Uh, however, we're told that there is tension between Yosef and his brothers. Uh, Yosef reports on his brothers. Yaakov uh, demonstrates that he loves Yosef more than the other brothers. He gives him a special uh, garment, a ketonet pasim, a special tunic, which designates Yosef as being special, maybe even designates him as uh, the one who will take over the family after the death of Yaakov. But it certainly shows some kind of favoritism. And it's very clear that the brothers uh, hate Yosef and they're jealous of him, unfortunately. Um, they can't even bring themselves to uh, to be civil towards him. They can't even speak to him in peace. Uh, Yosef has dreams, and these are dreams of ruling, uh, ruling his family, uh, and maybe beyond. Uh, first, he has a dream of sheaves, where he and his brothers are out in the field binding sheaves. And then his sheaf stands up and the other sheaves uh, surround his and bow down. Uh, and Yosef tells about this dream and uh, the brothers are upset that this uh, dreams, dream seems to be saying that uh, Yosef thinks of himself as a future ruler. Then he has a, another dream where the sun, the moon and 11 stars all bow before him. And once again, they, they say, do you think of yourself as uh, ruling over us? It's bad enough that he has these dreams as far as they're concerned, uh, but he even tells about them. And he t- talks about them not only to his brothers, but to Yaakov. And Yaakov just uh, remembers or uh, keeps the matter to himself. Uh, possibly it will come true. Possibly this is not just a dream that is a projection of Yosef's self-image, uh, it might very well be a kind of prophecy. Uh, when Yo- uh, Yosef is 17 years old, we are told, and uh, the brothers are out tending the flock in Shechem, and Yaakov sends Yosef to Shechem to see how they're doing and uh, maybe bring back a report if they need anything. Uh, so Yaakov sends Yosef to Shechem, However, when he gets to Shechem, he does not find them, and a man finds Yosef and tells Yosef that his brothers have gone from Shechem to another place called Dotan. As the brothers see Yosef coming, 
uh, it's very, uh, they give very clear expression to their uh, hatred and jealousy, and they say, or at least some of them say, uh, let's kill this dreamer. Uh, Ruvain, who clearly wants to save Yosef, uh, says, instead of killing him, let's put him in one of these holes. There are holes here in the, in the field. Um, the hole seems to be empty. And his plan is to come back. That's Ruvain's plan is to come back and save uh, Yosef. As the brothers eat, a caravan approaches, a caravan that is on its way down to Egypt. And Yehuda says, instead of uh, just leaving him there to die, uh, which is what the other brothers think is going to happen, uh, he says, uh, let's make some profit. Let's sell him as a, as a slave. And so Yosef is sold as a slave uh, to be brought down to Egypt. Uh, when Ruvain returns and he sees that Yosef isn't there, he cries, what is to become of me? And the brothers uh, continue uh, in the plot to deceive Yaakov, to make Yaakov think that Yosef uh, has has died. Uh, they had taken ya- Yosef's special garment, they tear it up and they uh, cover it with, uh, with blood from a goat that they had just uh, slaughtered. And uh, when they bring this to Yaakov and tell Yaakov, uh, that uh, he should take note, uh, Yaakov comes to the conclusion, the conclusion that they want him to come to, is that Yosef clearly has been attacked, mauled, probably killed, by a uh, some beast. And Yaakov mourns. And meanwhile, Yosef is brought down to Egypt, and he's sold as a slave to an important official uh, of uh, Paro, uh, known as Potiphar. The next uh, section of the uh, of the parsha uh, is a separate uh, narrative, uh, and it's about uh, that focuses on Yehuda. Uh, Yehuda separates himself from his brothers. Uh, he goes into business with somebody named Chira, and uh, Yehuda gets married. He has a wife named Batshua. And he has three children, Er, Onan, and Sheila. Yehuda finds a wife for Er, and her name is Tamar, uh, but Er dies. Uh, the Torah says that Hashem found that he was not good, uh, and therefore he dies. And it's at this point that Yehuda tells the second son, Onan, that he must uh, do the, uh, the act of Yibum, which is to marry the uh, his brother's widow, um, but uh, Onan does not uh, consummate the marriage, and so Onan dies as well. Yehuda says to Tamar, "Well, the third son, Shela, is still young. Wait for him to grow, and then you will be married to him." Uh, but Shua, Yehuda's wife, dies, and Yehuda goes to Timna. Uh, and it's uh, very clear to uh, Tamar that uh, enough time has passed and uh, Sheila, the third son, has grown up. However, she's not being given as a wife to him um, and therefore she feels that if the son isn't going to do this act of Hibum, then uh, Yehuda himself should should point out, this is a point made by many of the Forshim, that before the giving of the Torah, Yibum didn't have to be done by a brother, it could be done by another family member. So, if 
Shela wasn't going to do it, uh, Yehuda should, but he wasn't doing it either. And so uh, Tamar uh, takes action. She disguises herself, uh, giving the impression that she is a prostitute, and uh, she becomes uh, pregnant by Yehuda because he sees her. She places herself in a place where Yehuda will see her. Um, and Yehuda says that he's going to pay her, but in the meanwhile, he leaves three identifying items as collateral. Uh, when later on, Yehuda goes back home and then he sends his friend uh, with, uh, with the payment, uh, this, uh, the prostitutes of whom, of whom uh, he spoke, uh, is not there. And uh, so Yehuda uh, says, when, when his friend comes back, well, we tried, uh, and it should be known that I uh, made every effort to pay her, but she wasn't there. After about three months, it seems that Tamar is pregnant. And Yehuda decrees that because she has uh, violated the terms, namely she should have waited for Yibum, um, that uh, she has to be punished, and his decree is that she is to be punished, executed by burning. Tamar uh, produces the three personal items of Yehuda without naming him, but she says that the owner of these three items is the one by whom I am pregnant. And so she leaves it for Yehuda to identify himself. And it's at this point that Yehuda does admit that uh, he has done wrong by her and that it is uh, his child. And uh, the, the, the Torah then goes on to say that uh, when Tamar carries this pregnancy uh, to term, it turns out that she has uh, twins, um, and those twins are named uh, Zerah, Peretz and Zerach. Uh, and it's important to know about them because some very significant uh, branches of Yehuda's descendants come through uh, Peretz and, uh, and Zerach. After this chapter, the Torah resumes the story of, uh, of Yosef. So it reminds us that in the meanwhile, Yosef, uh, who was 17 at the time, uh, being brought down to Egypt, uh, has been brought down to Egypt. Um, he, <clears throat> in the next part of the parasha, talks about Yosef in the house of Potiphar. Yosef is a very capable person, so even though he is a slave, he is promoted by Potiphar uh, to become the chief slave. Uh, again, Yosef has uh, innate ability uh, no matter what situation he's in, with God's help, uh, he rises to the top of that position. So he becomes the chief slave. Uh, Potiphar's wife is uh, attracted to Yosef because he's very handsome, and she tries to tempt him. And uh, on one particular occasion, uh, it uh, becomes so dire that Yosef has to leave his uh, garment in her hands as he runs away. No sooner does he escape that uh, Potiphar's wife accuses Yosef of trying to, to attack her. Uh, and when Potiphar uh, hears about this, he has Yosef imprisoned. And so the next and final part of the parasha is Yosef in uh, prison. So if you're following, uh, the parasha is basically divided into four parts. The first part is uh, Yosef and his brothers, then the... Uh, self-contained story of Yehuda and Tamar, 
the men are returned to Yosef in the house of Potiphar, and finally Yosef in prison. Yosef, once again, uh, shows his ability by rising uh, to become the, the assistant to the chief jailer. Uh, wherever Yosef is, he rises to the top of the, of the position. And on, uh, it, it turns out that the chief wine steward and the chief baker uh, each offend Paro, and they are uh, imprisoned. Uh, on one particular day, they seem very uh, upset, uh, very, very unhappy, and Yosef asks what, uh, what, is, what has caused them such uh, distress, and they explain that they've had two, each one has had a dream, and uh, there's no one to interpret the dream. Uh, and uh, Yosef says, and this is also uh, very indicative of Yosef's character, uh, and that is he doesn't take the credit for himself. He says, Hashem is the one who interprets dreams. Tell me, and perhaps with God's help, I can tell you what the dreams mean. And uh, first he listens to the, chi- the dream of the wine steward. Uh, in, the, in the dream of the wine steward, uh, he is holding Pharaoh's cup, he goes up to a vine that has uh, uh, three uh, branches. He squeezes the, the cluster of grapes into the cup. And as can only happen in a dream, uh, if it isn't a miracle, uh, he now is holding not just grape juice, but he's holding wine. And he serves this wine to Paro. And Yosef says that this dream means that the wine steward will be reinstated. And the three uh, parts of the uh, of the vine means that it will happen in three days. And Yosef goes on to say, and when you are freed and you are reinstated and you have Yosef, Paro's ear, uh, please tell him that I have been uh, kidnapped and brought down to, uh, to Egypt and I am here on uh, false charges. I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, so maybe you can... Uh, obtain my release. Uh, then uh, he also listens to the dream of the uh, of the baker, and uh, in the baker's dream, he is holding uh, baskets on his head, and including different types of baked goods for Paro. And the um, birds come and descend on the baskets and uh, peck at the uh, bread uh, that is in the uppermost basket. Yosef says, uh, again, three, three baskets. In three days, um, the, uh, the chief baker uh, will be executed. And uh, the fact that the birds are pecking at the bread uh, means that the birds will peck at his body after he will be uh, hanged. Uh, and so these, uh, these two interpretations come true. In three days, it is Paro's birthday, and he... Uh, examines the uh, the cases of both the wine steward and the baker. He reinstates the wine steward and he uh, has the baker executed. Uh, but instead of remembering Yosef, the chief wine steward uh, forgets about Yosef. He doesn't remember him and he forgets him. And uh, that brings us to the end of the parasha with Yosef uh, remaining in prison. In the beginning of the parasha, when we're describing uh, the negative feelings, let's say, of the brothers towards uh, Yosef, uh, because Yaakov, Yisrael, uh, loved Yosef more than all of the others, 
um, and therefore made him a, uh, a special tunic. Um, when the brothers saw that his father uh, loved him more, it says, um, they hated him. The usual translation of those last words, um, for example, Rashi would say it this way, that they were not able to speak to him uh, in peace. And Rashi says that even though they are uh, projecting hatred, which is uh, terrible because it's hatred within the family, uh, hatred of, uh, of a fellow Jew, but especially within the family, is is not uh, acceptable. However, uh, against the backdrop of that, there is something commendable to be said about them, and that is that they were not hypocrites. They could not uh, bring themselves to pretend to like him uh, if they really didn't. So although they should not have hated him, but uh, at the very least, they were not flatterers, they were not hypocrites. There is a, a grammatical problem, though, with the word dabro. Uh, the word ledaber, to speak, usually does not take an object. You wouldn't usually say daber et, uh, daber oto, like speak it. It's not usually the case. That's why Rashi says, well, in this one case, dabro doesn't mean that. It means ledaber imo, to speak with him. They were not able to speak with him for peace. However, there's another way of approaching this uh, that is found in the commentary of uh, Rav Avraham, the son of the Rambam. And he uh, takes note of this grammatical uh, uh, peculiarity, and he says that maybe there's a better way to translate. Dabro um, uh, might not be uh, to speak, but speaking. In grammar, that's called a gerund. My students uh, have heard me talk about that a great deal. And therefore, Dabro would be his speaking. And Rav Avram ben Arambam uh, says further that the word yachlu might be translated not as they weren't able to, but they couldn't tolerate. And therefore his translation is they could not tolerate his speaking for peace. In other words, uh, when Yosef tried to speak peaceably to them, he would ask them how they are and so on, um, they couldn't even tolerate his uh, friendly or peaceful talk. Um, and uh, he says that this is very similar uh, to a, a, an idea that we have in Tehillim, where David says, Ani shalom milchama. I am all peace, meaning I'm all in favor of peace, but when I speak, they are for war. So according to Rav Avram ben Harambam, uh, Yosef, tried to make friendly and peaceful conversation with his brothers, but they couldn't even tolerate that. Two different ways of reading uh, this, uh, this verse, of translating this verse. One way or the other, uh, this uh, points to real tension uh, between the brothers, the sons of Yaakov. I thank you very much for joining me in this exploration of Parashat Vayeshev. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parashah Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.